You're listening to the best of the Martha Zoller Show. You can hear the show live Monday through Friday from 9 to 11 on AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN and streaming at accesswdun.com. You can find all things Martha Zoller at marthazoller.com. It is the Martha Zoller Show, so that is, you know, when art imitates life, I don't know. Uh, Kind of a crazy story, but Stephen Colbert's team was picked up inside the Capitol, kind of roaming around doing comedy sketches. And we're going to find out more about this uh, because right now the Capitol is closed to the public, which I have a problem with. Okay, Uh, I think that uh, I think that's a travesty, really. Um, But we'll talk more about all of that. Hey, joining me right now is Rich McCormick. He is running uh, for the 6th Congressional District uh, in the Republican runoff. Uh, The final day of voting is tomorrow. And, of course, there's a new part of that district that's in Dawson County, which is in our listening area. So we wanted to talk to Rich. How are you? I'm blessed. Thank you very much. Uh, We have all of Dawson. That's pretty cool. Uh, We love the North uh, Dawson, Forsyth, East Cherokee. uh, We're ready to roll there, too. So tell folks a little bit about you if they don't know. Sure. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm uh, an ER physician. I practice at Northside Hospital and uh, been doing that for about five years after I retired from the military. Uh, when I was in the military, I was an ER doc for the Navy station on a Marine Corps base in Camp Lejeune. Did my last tour of duty in Afghanistan uh, in 2016 as a head of emergency medicine in Kandahar at a NATO hospital. Uh, and then uh, before that, I was uh, at Emory for my residency. I went to Morehouse School of Medicine for my medical school where I was uh, the first and only white student by president. And uh, when I started that, I was a single parent of three little boys two three and five years old who are now uh, just my last one just graduating high school this year uh, he wants to be a marine corps pilot and uh, i was a marine corps pilot for about 16 years i did some airborne time in between that but a couple tours with the uh, marine expeditionary units over in the persian gulf africa and and uh, so i've had a very blessed career served with a lot of heroes and and i'm just blessed to be in a position where we can continue to make an effect on america so if you're elected in this runoff, tell us what you'll do. Well, gosh, that's, that's not limited to one thing, that's for sure. Uh, there's, there's so many complex issues facing our nation. I'm, I'm, I have great hope, even though a lot of bad things are happening right now. I don't think we're, we're done. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, of course, the Democrats are in control, and that's the main reason that we're probably in such a bad uh, uh, problem right now. We've overspent. Uh, we've been talking about the spending issue for a long time. When you have supply and demand issues, when we talk about uh, when I was in junior achievement, you used to always talk when you have too much money and not enough supplies, it forces the price index up. That's what's happened in America is we spent uh, trillions and trillions of dollars more than we uh, we should have. We, we basically printed the money that creates huge inflation and supply problems. We paid people to stay home. We had uh, the government intervened over and over again thinking they were doing the right thing when the government is usually what creates the problem. Uh, when, when you talk about government getting involved in most problems, they almost always make it worse. They're not the efficient way to deal with problems. Uh, we've seen this continuously throughout the history of the United States, and right now we face an issue where, uh, ironically, the worst possible solution you can do is to pump more money into an economy that's already over overhauled with with too much money and and let me give you an example we we said oh look the price of fuel is too high 
So the government says, well, let's issue uh, gas cars. That means printing more money, creating more inflation, not solving the very energy supply problem, which we had, uh, which we have a very easy solution to, which is basically allowing our people to do what we do, which is produce the supplies to drive down the cost price index. And that's exactly what I'm talking about when the Democrats can't help themselves. They want to print more money and give away more money to solve the very problem that they created rather than just let America solve its own problem. So what do you think, because the 6th District, of course, is um, used to be a reliably Republican district, and then uh, a couple of terms was represented by Lucy McBath. She crossed over and voted for, uh, I mean, ran in the 7th District. Um, and so you actually were in the 7th District and then are now running in the 6th. So what do you think is important about this new 6th District? What have you learned as you've been going around campaigning? Yeah, well, you'll see that when, when they, when they, you know, they had to choose between they were going to save six or seven. The seventh was almost even last time. The uh, six was actually a minus, I think they were, gosh, around 12 or something like that. Uh, they took about 40% of the seventh, put it in the sixth. They maintained about 40% of the sixth. And then they added about 20% of the ninth, the 11th, to make it about an R plus 15, we think. Um, we outperformed. Uh, President Trump by about almost, well, about over 4% last election cycle. Um, when you're talking about shifting these, these, uh, districts, it's great to be able to carve out and say, okay, now the seventh is solidly Democrat, South Gwinnett instead of all Gwinnett and, uh, and North and Forsyth. Uh, the problem is that we can't keep on running away from demographics. We can't keep on running away from the city and think we're going to save our great nation. We haven't won a popular vote since 2004. Uh, we, we are losing our message for, for people in general. If you think about, uh, and this is why people get depressed. They're like, gosh, everything's going the wrong way. We're losing control of government. We're losing control of our message. We're never going to get it back. This is horrible. We're going towards Marxism. This is all true, but we had a really dire, uh, position in the 1970s where we had a proxy war in, in, against Russia. We had runaway inflation. We had a high energy cost. We had racial divides and racial riots. We had hatred of the military, hatred of the, of the police force. People in the military had horrible disdain for the military. Uh, we had long hair. We had beards. We had opioid overdoses. We had all these things that we have right now. But from that came a great messenger named Reagan and a great time of prosperity right after the 70s called the 80s. Uh, and, and we can get back there. We really can. I think we're going to have a rock star group of uh, freshman class uh, people come in. We're going to have um, probably over 30 uh, veterans come in. We're going to have uh, a, one of the biggest freshman classes we've had in history. And I think what we're going to be able to do is size and scope and some of the rock stars, we're going to come in there. I think we can turn this around quickly. I think in 2024, it's going to be a great presidential race. I'm excited about that. Uh, I, I'm excited about taking back control of America and, and getting us back to those days. Uh, as far as our, our district itself and the 6th District, we need to continue to reclaim ground that we've lost. I don't care if it's minorities, immigrants. I don't care if it's uh, soccer moms uh, or, or white, squishy males that have lost their, their backbone. We need to have that message that gets people back and, uh, and makes them understand what America really was founded on. Uh, how how when we empower people over government, we always do better. And when we get that message out there, and we we really unite people under a commonality of of hope and belief in each other. Uh, I think we're going to really succeed in big ways. 
So, Rich, we're talking to Rich McCormick. He's running in the runoff in the 6th Congressional District, which the final day to vote is tomorrow, and polls will open at 7 o'clock. Why should people vote for you over your opponent? Well, you know, I always like to – I know there's a lot of mud singing out there. Nobody likes that. I don't like it. Um, but, I'll, but I'll tell you, in the base, I've always said from the very beginning – There is a huge divide when it comes to just a timeline of experience. Uh, You know, when I was going to to Oscar Kane School, um, this was back in the 80s, late 80s, and going through the basic school and going on three Marine Marine Exodusary units around the the world and getting my MBA and getting my MD and serving my community, being the youth minister for 20 years. This has taken 30 years of experience to get where I'm at right now, to know – what, what it takes to get back on track for health care, to know what it's going to take back economically, what it's going to take for us to, to heal this divide that we have in our nation. I had three tours in, in Korea. We have about 40,000 Koreans in our, in our district. I had a tour in India, and I served with a bunch of Indian doctors. One out of every five doctors in our district is Indian origin. I spent a tour over there. It's like uh, my career was almost designed for this. We have a ton of African-Americans in our district. I, I, was, I was at Morehouse. I've taught at Morehouse. Uh, you know, just when you talk about the experience with people and with, with faith and with children and all the things that I think that God has literally prepared my life for, uh, it was, it was almost exactly to take on these kind of challenges. Uh, when you talk about a $30 trillion addition to our budget by going to a single payer healthcare system, that's something that we need to address in the near future or we will bankrupt our system and we'll have the biggest shift towards government spending we've ever had in the history of of the United States. Uh, We have some complex, real um, uh, issues in America. And I think if you're looking about just experience level, you know, the the course of a four-year professional experience versus a very diverse 30-year experience, it's just, it's really an experience level. And and talking about uh, what we're going to be able to get done and how we're going to bring people together and what kind of things we're going to get challenged with, in America in the next uh, decade, I think that's what I bring to the table is exactly that diversity, that, that tradition of service, that uh, tradition of sacrifice. I and mean, I spent probably almost four years away from my family serving this great nation in some very bad places because I believe in this country. And I'm willing to go the extra mile for it. You know, you're an emergency room doctor and um, we've just come out of this COVID pandemic. Um, what are the lessons we should have learned from that? Or we should well, learn two, from first that? First of all, yeah. First of all, once again, don't don't think the government's your best friend when it comes to solving problems. Uh, when when they turn to when the first thing they turn to is taking away your rights because they think they know better than us, that is a problem. And that's something I, I was very public about. I w- I've spoken at school boards. I've spoken publicly on Newsmax and other uh, even Fox News and, and stuff like that, talking about this because I don't believe that the government's the solution. That can help. Or it can hinder. And I think a lot of times they've been hindering because they, they tell businesses what they should do, who they can hire, who they can fire, if they can be open. Uh, that's ridiculous. The, they don't have a vested interest. They don't put their whole life savings into a business to determine if it's going to succeed or fail. And if, you, if your business fails, that's on you. If you're being unsafe, um, you know, both, first of all, the, the people who patron uh, these, these businesses, as well as the businesses who stay open, have a decision to make, too. Do they need food? Do they need a service? Do they need whatever? That's a determination that only we as citizens should be making. This is when the government continues to step in and say, well, I'll decide who gets guns. 
I'll decide who, who keeps their business open, who you hire, if you get a vaccination. Anytime the government starts taking away our rights, we have a big problem. And I think that's one of the things we should realize is the government's so eager to step in and take control using any excuse they want. And I'll tell you, my 20-plus my years in the military has been with the idea that government should not be overreaching, that, that we are protecting rights of citizens to, to be empowered, to realize that the United States was based off of the power of the citizen, not on the power of the government. And, and I think this pandemic pointed out how quickly a government can try to scare people into giving up their rights, their God-given rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If people want to help you, what can they do? Uh, my website is richmccormick.us. Uh, you know, we have tons of ways you can help. We're in a good position for tomorrow. We are, we are the heavy favorites. We're really excited about that. And we're excited about what we'll be able to do to draw everybody together. Uh, we, I, I think, uh, you know, pray for me, if nothing else. I'm a big believer. I, I do believe in the power of prayer. I think it's why I'm alive today. I think, uh, all the positions I've been in, uh, in, in all the, all the, the places that God has put me in life to to do certain things, I, I believe that prayer now more than ever is uh, going to be a big part of this victory and what we're going to be able to do uh, consequently after the election. So prayers first, and then secondly, website, richmccormick.us. Rich McCormick, thanks for being with us today. Good luck. God bless. Appreciate you. It's local radio, and that's why you're listening. It's the Martha Zoller Show on AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. Steve Moore is here with me today, and look, Steve, I, I presidents are never off, okay? So I'm not one of these people that generally criticize presidents for travel, but I think it's a little tone deaf that the president is like going to his beach house every weekend uh, when people are really wondering how they're going to get from one place to another. Well, good morning, Martha. Look, I think the economy is in really... A very, very difficult situation right now. I, I believe we're in a recession right now. There's a lot of talk about whether we're going in recession. Um, over the last six months, you know, July 1st will be the start of the second half of the year. So we're almost there. And the, the growth rate for the American economy has been negative over that period. So the economy is, has shifted into a much, much lower gear, probably into reverse. And um, it's just a result of a, of a cascade of policy mistakes, one after another, after another, after another. In fact, I'm hard-pressed to find anything that uh, Joe Biden has done as president that is actually good for the economy. And don't forget, uh, do you know, Martha, what uh, what Joe Biden's first executive order was when he got into office? Was it killing the Keystone Pipeline? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, you're exactly right. And that set the, set the tone, you know, it meant... Hey, we're declaring war on American oil and gas. Is it any wonder that the price of, of gasoline uh, went from $2.50 a gallon when Trump left office to $5 a gallon or more in, in uh, most states in this country today? Uh, I, he's lying when he's saying he's doing everything he can to reduce gas prices. No, he's not, Martha. Everything he's done and his radical green environmentalists and with the Green New Deal that's aimed at destroying the oil and gas industry. So if you destroy the industry, obviously the price is going to go up. So if I sound a little frustrated again, I am because so many of these problems, we, it's not, you know, he keeps saying, oh, it's the global, it's the global problem. And then he says stuff like, well, you know, it's, uh, it's Putin or it's this or it's that. It's always somebody else's fault. 
that these things are happening now. Uh, and I'm not buying it. I think that this is the leftist progressive agenda. Now all Americans can see it, right? How do you like it? Well, you know, Rush Limbaugh used to say we need to not just defeat them we need to destroy them and people criticized him for that you know and it's it's this agenda i i think i talk to great democrats every day i'm sure you do too but they are so overshadowed by this agenda Mm -hmm. that doesn't relate and they will tell you privately at least the democratic strategist i talk to is that they can't get a handle on the progressive wing of their party they know that's that's not where the most most americans are but they are so noisy they're captured yes yeah. Yes. They're captured by the left. And yeah, I'll just put a little asterisk on when you said we don't want to destroy them. We want to destroy their radical yes. ideology that is that is doing so much damage to our country right now. And, you know, I really believe, Martha, and you know, I'm biased. I worked for Trump. I helped him with his economic plan on energy policy and tax policy. And we had a great economy under Trump. No question about it. And I, I believe if Trump were still president and we hadn't shifted uh, you know, policy course, I think we'd be in a boom right now. COVID is over. We've got people going back, you know, back in their jobs. We've got businesses reopening, people going to movies again. I mean, all our problems are kind of behind us. And my point is, all the problems we have now are not due to some kind of act of nature like a virus. The virus is this left-wing ideology that's taken hold. And I think what's frightening investors, because, look, we've lost – uh, as a country, lost $10 trillion in wealth over the last four months because of this massive sell-off in the stock market. My wife and I looked at our 401k <laughs> plan, and oh my God, this weekend, and I'm not a rich guy, we lost $200,000. You know, that's yeah. a lot of money to lose for, you know, middle-class family. And so my point is, let's get back to what works. You know, let's get back to what Reagan did and what Margaret Thatcher did and what, you know, Donald Trump did. We just don't have that leadership right now. And there's no inclination. Do you see any inclination, Martha, whatsoever that Biden is going to shift to the middle? Well, and he's a guy that's never had a real job in his life. And the few people he could have brought over, you know, all these people think how Obama's pulling the strings. No, he's not. Because the few people that could have come over from the Obama administration that actually understands economics, like Austin Goolsbee or Larry Summers, they're not there. They're out there criticizing this just like everyone else. Yeah. I mean, actually, you know, I debate Austin every Friday on on, uh, Fox and, and, you know, I don't know generally agree with them but at least he's a competent person he's a competent uh, I mean, economist you, that's right yeah would you hire any of these people i mean <laughs> would you hire pete Buttigieg for any job would you hire uh jennifer granholm would you hire kamala harris no no <laughs> they have not. no experience they have in the high world. level positions in our government i mean these are the people folks that are in charge of dealing with the supply chain problem and i love how we president biden keeps saying uh, oh well inflation's high everywhere yeah that's true but we're the ones who are exporting the inflation because so many of the other rest of the world is dollarized but also he, why doesn't the media check this we we have a much higher uh inflation rate than europe does today no, it's absolutely true. It's it's it is amazing when you see that they're doing a better job in the UK managing their economy than we are. <laughs> yeah, they're they're actually the other thing is Europe. Nobody is reporting. Europe is moving away from all this green energy crap because it, they discovered ten years ago it doesn't work, and so we're now to the left of Europe 
on this climate change fanaticism that's taken hold of. Look, I, I think we can get out of this. If we, I do think change is coming. I think we're going to see a monster election. We're counting on you, Martha, to get Herschel yes. elected and Governor yes. Kemp elected. We've got to get both of those. We're, we need Georgia red again. And so uh, when, that, when that happens, you're going to see that all over the country. I've been traveling a lot. People are angry. They're ready to vote Republican. And I'm not saying Republicans are the solution to all our problems by any means, but it's going to be well, a vast and we're gonna have voters to, have to We're going to yeah. have to perform, Steve, because exactly. there are a lot of people that didn't vote for us last time that are going to vote for us this time. And so we can't yeah, do you know, what we've my, done in the past where yeah. we get the power and we don't do anything. My biggest worry, and i got to jump after this, great being, is that um, I always get asked because I've been traveling all over the country and people say, okay, you know, the Democrats are spending too much money. They're doing too much regulating. They're too much big government. And then they say to me, but are Republicans going to be any better? And I have to hesitate. I say, well, I can't guarantee it, but I think they'll be better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Steve, thanks for being with us today. I know you got to get off because you got a live hit. Okay. See Thank you, Steve. Bye. You know, it's always great to talk to Steve Moore because he has... First of all, such an energy, Caleb. I have never seen somebody that is as energetic as Steve is about what he does. He is always that way. But he's got great perspectives on the economy. Maybe Joe McCutcheon's more energetic. He might be. He might be. Joe McCutcheon might be. But look, folks, here's what we're saying. It's runoff day. Get out and vote if you have elections. I had two on my ballot. I got in and out in about three minutes. It was no problem. It was great to go to my polling place. Actually, it was there were a lot of poll workers there, which I think, you know, I really believe. And and I was not a fan of Brad Raffensperger from the beginning. Okay, he was not a guy that I supported. I did not vote for him. Uh, in the primary in 2018, but I voted for him in the general. I did not vote for him in the primary this time, but I will vote for him in the general. Okay, I voted for David Belisle both times, and I don't mind saying that. Okay, but he listened, and he applied his engineering skill, and he has answered the questions that people have about what happened with the election in 2020. And he has got Better security, newer poll workers. There's plenty of people at the polls. There are plenty of folks making sure things are happening. And he's got this war room where they can see if there's lines anywhere. And they are responding. He fixed the problems that there were. And I know there's going to be some of you out there that are going to say, but what about this and what about that and what about this that have already been debunked. And that's okay. You may never believe me. You may never believe me. Okay. But if you will be objective and you will look at what has been accomplished since the 2020 election to make our elections more secure, easier to vote, harder to cheat, you will be happy about the outcome, too. Because we cannot say that when we lose, it's fixed. And when we win, it goes the way it should. That's what Democrats do. That's what Hillary Clinton did. That's what Stacey Abrams did. That's what Donald Trump did. I don't think Donald Trump should be in the same company with Stacey Abrams and Hillary Clinton. He ought to have accepted his loss, which I don't think he has yet. And then he would be in a better place if he wants to run again in 2024. Because every time he says something about a stolen election, he loses Republicans. You guys may not want to hear that. You might want to say that we're bad Republicans. But that's what happens. Putting the talk in news talk. It's the Martha Zoller Show on AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. 
It is the Martha Zoller Show, and joining me right now is Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, uh, who has had um, a pretty busy uh, few weeks, as always. He won his primary without a runoff. Uh, he managed the election. The primary went very smoothly, as did the runoff last night. And yesterday he was in Washington uh, testifying uh, before the January 6th committee. You know, Brad, welcome to the program. There was one, no, of the, one of the hearings last week was postponed. So did that change the date? Did you know you were going to be up there testifying on runoff day? It's one of the dates that they had. And so uh, we were subpoenaed. And when they yeah. picked the date, you show up. Right, right, absolutely. So tell us what that whole process was like. I mean, just because we heard your testimony, but was it what you expected? Were, were they, what was it like? Well, it was obviously fo- focused on uh, January 6th. But you have to understand that Georgia was well prepared to really to look at the 2020 election because uh, that was not our first rodeo. If you remember back in 2018 when Stacey Abrams lost by 55,000 votes, Day one, I had nine lawsuits from Stacey Abrams and all of her allied groups about stolen election claims. So no matter if it comes from Stacey Abrams or someone else, we're making sure that we have fair and honest elections here in Georgia. And we push back on that. And so we're going to have a very in- interesting and robust campaign uh, this coming fall because the uh, person I'll be running against, uh, B. Wynn, she supported Stacey's stolen election claims, even though they were always uh, completely false. So, and I don't think that's what we need in Georgia. I don't think that's what Georgians want either. So I'm going to continue to work with the General Assembly and Governor Kemp. And we've made Georgia now number one for election integrity. And that's according to the Heritage Foundation. That's something we should all be proud of. Yeah, absolutely. And the Heritage Foundation, um, you know, is not a liberal hack. It's a very conservative organization. One of its original founders was a Georgia congressman. Uh, and so it's a very important organization uh, as far as the work that they do. Um, now, you did share some stories about some threats that were made against you and also your wife and uh, your daughter-in-law. And, you know, and I, I know what you're talking about. I mean, occasionally I've had threats where I've had to deal with certain situations. And because my husband's name is the same as my parents' name, sometimes my in-law's name, sometimes they've gotten dragged into it too. Is that something like what happened with your daughter-in-law that they thought they were getting you, but they, but they went after her? Oh, they knew it was her. Oh, okay. Uh, but... It was just one of those things that people were spun up, and I think he was really trying to find pressure points uh, to see if they could somehow uh, get me to walk away, to somehow quit, or uh, whatever their motives were. But you have to understand that people were spun up, and they were spun up not by the facts, but by you know the disinformation and lies. And that's what was talked about yesterday about State Farm Arena. I've been traveling all over the state talking to any group that would have me in. And so I could just explain, here's what happened in 2020 and gave them all the data points. And um, obviously, you know, my message grabbed hold and I didn't have a runoff. So I'm just going to continue to do that. But also, I think we need to have a conversation this fall because what we've done already with our historic turnout in this year's primaries, we've shown that despite what B. Wynn, Stacey Abrams and, you know, President Biden's Department of Justice say we can have election integrity and record turnout. Absolutely. They can go hand in hand. We had 17 days early voting. We had record turnout. And that's what everyone should want. So I'm going to continue to defend Georgia's Election Integrity Act in court 
and it's common sense reforms. B. Wynn doesn't like it. Stacey Abrams doesn't like it. But we have photo ID for all forms of voting. And we have measures to keep voting lines short. People love going to Chick-fil-A when they have short lines. They don't like that Monday morning when you have those long lines there. Well, people don't like long lines in voting. And I can guarantee you that if B. Wynn and Stacey Abrams had their way, they would be colluding with Biden's DOJ to try to weaken Georgia's law. There's well, nine organizations that are partnered liberal organizations that partnered with the DOJ to come after us. And I'm going to defend our law all the way to the Supreme Court if I have to. Be win, will not. Look, I don't disagree that the former president went too far with his election claims and that when everyone around him were telling him that, no, this is not the case, he keeps insisting and continues to keep insisting that certain things are true that are not true. But there is no difference between that and my mind and what Stacey Abrams and B. Wynn are doing, Jen Jordan, Jordan, those folks that are continuing to claim that the 2018 election was stolen. They continue, Hillary Clinton continues to claim that the 2016 election was stolen. So it seems to me that there's a bunch of people that can't accept losing. And it is a real problem when people at that level continue to say those kinds of things. Well, I don't think most Georgians don't understand that right now the most critical election issue that's going on in america is actually going in georgia right now we're being sued by fair fight so b win and abrams and their allies they're suing us in federal court to get rid of our citizenship check in other words if i can't check citizenship before you go in the voter rolls then how do you keep non-citizens from getting on the voter rolls and that's what we're fighting on we need to make sure that we keep our elections secure that only americans vote in our elections and only american citizens are on the voter rolls and that's a very important lawsuit that we're fighting right now today you know in federal court now they have not won really at all have they on any of the cases no. they've brought on this no, but it's been a great uh, fundraising, fundraising scheme for her. Uh, I know that Stacey Abrams is very uh, good at raising money over all these stolen election claims. In fact, when she was up campaigning for the losing uh, Democrat governor candidate in Virginia, she said, just because you win doesn't mean you've won. And that was just in October. What's that, six months, eight months ago? And so when you think about that, she still hasn't changed. She's still on her same grift. Just and, because you, know, you win been, doesn't mean you won. Oh, that is so crazy. Well, yeah. I appreciate... Well, that's what we're fighting every day, but we'll continue to push, push back to make sure we have fair and honest elections. we got 17 days of early voting now. We have photo ID for all forms of voting. We can hold counties that struggle managing a, uh, an election well. And so Fulton County right now is under review. And they've gotten the message. And so we're keeping lines short. So all things, to, uh, we're ex- really we're really expecting a big turnout this fall. And I'm going to continue to push back and push back hard against Stacey Abrams and B. Wynn on well, the stolen election claims. I do appreciate that um, you have worked really hard to straighten out these line situations. And Fulton County ran a lot better in the primary and in the runoff. Um, also, I got to tell you, the the makeup of the poll workers that I've seen in voting has been terrific. There's young people, there's older people, there's the people I've always seen, but there's lots of new people. And there seems to be enough help at each polling place. I mean, there seems to be a number of people there. So I know that was all part of you and all the election offices hiring and training 100,000 poll workers. Well, we have... 159 counties, 
and your election directors work hard every day. And so I think you're in Cherokee County. Uh, I don't know which county you're Hall in. Hall County. Hall County. Hall County. We've got some great election directors really throughout the state, and they're the ones that do the hard work. Our job is to make sure, you know, we get those results in on time. We keep those lines short. But uh, we're just really grateful for the hard work. And, and if anyone is listening to our voice right now and has ever thought about being a poll worker, there's still time because we have the fall election coming up. And we're expecting big numbers. We had 4 million in 2018. We had 5 million in 2020. It's going to be strong numbers, probably closer to 2020 numbers than the 2018 yeah, numbers. Yeah, because what's the total registered number? Seven and a half million? We have seven and a half million registered voters right now. Yeah, and, and really, you're not going to have 100% turnout. I mean, that just doesn't happen. That only happens in countries where you're forced to vote. So um, we'll probably have five and a half million, something like that, turnout? We won't wait. We won't make predictions, but we plan for the most, and uh, we make sure that we try and keep those lines short. So we'll be working with our counties, but uh, we had uh, great results, and I'm looking forward. I salute all the uh, candidates that won yesterday on the Republican side, so um, they're going to have robust campaigns themselves. Absolutely. Brad Raffensperger, thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate you giving us, always giving us your time when you're available. Thank you, Martha. Thank you. To hear the full versions of last week's Martha Zoller shows, go to the podcast page at accesswdun.com and you can follow me on social media at Martha Zoller.